placing the body in the proper posture for meditation. First place the mind in the proper posture. Recall the reason that brought you on the path. If you can, recall that first moment when you had that pity that there is something beyond what your senses are telling you. And you felt an unquestionable aspiration towards that thing, that whatever is beyond. playing it in your mind, keep going back to it until you have a palpable emotional, a palpable sense of it. And keep building it up until that emotion becomes a strong determination, owning your whole being. This, this determination, having infused your whole being, both body and mind, let it guide your body to what posture that, that is the most conducive for meditation. And holding to the determination how meditation is vital to acquiring the objective of your determination. So holding on to that emotion, to that determination, seeing how important it is for that determination, just take your awareness to your body and just watch the body naturally fall into that posture that is conducive to meditation. And just look for the indicators that you are in that posture. Comfort, a sense of stability, where you don't need to consciously hold any part of the posture in place. Keep that determination strong. Keep going back to it. Let the legs find the posture that is conducive to meditation. Find the posture that is conducive to meditation. Elbows not too far, not too close. Shoulders. The back. And let your mindfulness allow you to be aware of the indicators that you are approaching state first indicator is that sense of ease. Once you reach the back, also added to that sense of ease is a sense of confidence. Centered mouth, teeth, tongue resting in their natural places. eyes either opened or closed or half opened. Choose the one you find most conducive for you.
gently bring your attention to the breath. No intention to control the breath, no intention to force the mind to focus on the breath. Don't even concern yourself with what to do with distractions. Whatever your mind is picking up, whatever your senses are picking up, opening in the mind, let them happen, leave them alone. Your only conscious concern is, as you are breathing in, are you aware that you are breathing in? As you are breathing out, are you aware that you are breathing out? perception seems to be dominating. See how it occurs in a parallel with either the in-breath, be aware that it's happening with the out-breath, when with the in-out-breath. Don't chase anything away. Don't pull anything towards you. And that sense of ease, that mindfulness of that sense of ease, let it stay in the background. Every once in a while it will send you messages. How the sense of ease is either stable, how it is deepened, and just acknowledge it while keeping your awareness on the breath. then that sense of ease mixes with the breath and soon after the mind then it's no longer a sense of ease belonging to the body but it's a sense of ease that has permeated body, speech and breath and mind And once you have that slight distinction in the characteristic of the breath, now have the intention to follow the breath with an unbroken continuum, continuity of awareness. Just have that intention. Keep following the out-breath as it happens. Keep following it. And there's going to be an in-breath keeping your attention on it. Once it becomes in-breath, keep following it. Not having any expectations, it's going to be out-breath again. And once it becomes out-breath, you have kept your mind, kept your mindfulness unbroken. And just keep that going while you follow.
deliberately become aware of that sense of ease without disturbing it. Be aware of how deeper it is that let that awareness slip in the background and bring forth that sense of determination again while focusing in the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows showing again that determination building it up into a strong momentum In this very session, you are determined and bring your attention to the space in front of you the level of your eyebrows while gazing at that space call call before you the very means through which you will achieve your aim your in infallible guide your teacher the very of your highest aspiration find within you that measure of conviction that you are indeed in such a presence no matter how slight that sense of conviction may be hold on to it holding on to that measure of conviction show your reverence in your mind prostrate that measure of conviction. Now take refuge in trusting yourself in the guidance that is being offered to you. And have the faith, the conviction that you have all you need to achieve your goal. find that sense of conviction, the actual means to help you achieve your goal, the actual means through which you will achieve your goal is present, appearing in a bright form, knowing that you will definitely now get to your goal, express your sense of gratitude, make offerings. your conscience 
you move the obstacles in your way take responsibility for their presence in your life regretting whatever actions you may have committed that brought them there in the first place strengthen that sense of regret the goal you are aspiring to achieve you are the one who is, who is blocking you from achieving it since you cannot trust the habits of your mind take refuge something that is more in line with the true nature of reality self-lifted feel the sense of lightness like a burden lifted from your shoulders and rejoice and be aware of the refined state of the mind while it's in the state of rejoicing and strengthen it by continuing to rejoice letting your mind take all measures of merit all measures of goodness yours and others those who are still caught up in the world up to those who are free completely free state of your being, state of your mind, using that measure, sense of ease as your measure of how deeper it is now, perhaps how pervasive and due to the all pervasiveness of that sense of ease. You're not aware of the distinction of body, breath, and mind, perhaps. 
and from within that state let your heart go out to all beings embracing them with love embracing them in compassion understanding their conditions build up the momentum wishing that they be free of their problems wishing that they find true happiness having build up this momentum turn your attention to your infallible guide and feel that how you are connected through your infallible guide to all enlightened beings and make your request to them beg them to come into the lives of sentient beings beg them to stay teach beings how to truly end their pain teach being how to truly find happiness and direct it toward the meditation you're about to do Dedicate the power of this momentum to help you succeed in this meditation. Again, find that measure of conviction that the very goal you seek has taken form and is appearing before you as an infallible teacher. Wishing to be closer, bring that sense, that presence to the crown of your head. And while feeling that presence, that bright presence above your head, recalling that you're about to meditate, obstacles you wish to be free of, think of the realizations and the qualities you're seeking and beg for blessings and see the blessing descend upon you from a stream of light liquefied in you of all obstacles filling you with all that you need to succeed in this meditation filling you with the actual realizations you are seeking state of your mind. Like taking a snapshot and bring your attention back to the breath. 
and then through the breath become aware of the body once more Hello everyone, those of you who need to stretch your legs, make yourself comfortable, go ahead, stretch your legs. <coughs> uh, book, <laughs> and uh, some of you may be uh, shocked that, I'm ac- that I actually read this book. Before I became a Gelupa, I was reading everything. And while I was a Gelupa, I was still reading everything. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Even though while a Gelupa, I didn't mention that I was reading everything. <laughs> so the secret is out tonight. <laughs> uh, this is not a Gelupa book, and it's on Dharma. <laughs> and I wasn't, my intention wasn't to read it. So I can find the faults in it because it's not Gelupa, there has to be faults. <laughs> but uh, really interested. And interestingly enough, something I mentioned last time, I, uh, and I did say I was paraphrasing, so I said, oh, here it is. Let me actually bring the book so I would not be paraphrasing, so I can be reading directly from the book. Let me say quickly. Uh, the first time probably you heard about the true nature of reality, wisdom, emptiness from uh, within uh, Buddhism, perhaps it was, the, uh, I, mean, I mean, the very, very, very first time you heard it, without have you having any prior knowledge about it, you didn't read about it before, either the first time you, you, you heard someone teaching on it or you first time you read it in, in a book. And that sense of uh, shock probably that you probably encountered uh, from the way they were describing the, you know, it's like uh, I'm about to give you the answer to the ultimate nature of reality, the thing that you really need, the thing that you've always been wanting to know, and then after, and then well, it is this, a little shock probably, you probably were shocked a little bit because you didn't feel that you were given any answer, and then what you were told was somewhat contrary to what you were expecting to, to, to find. But there was little spark that added within you. Even though you were you completely you didn't understand what was what was being said to you, some part of you thought that there was a truth in there. And that little spark kept you going. Even though for the most part most uh, the majority of your mind, the majority of your being was telling you this is absolutely stupid. I never heard of such stupid thing in my life. How can I claim this has uh, any, any any connection with wisdom? But some part of you felt uh, 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 probably a little bit bit of freedom, a tiny bit of freedom, not a, not a tiny bit of spark that kept you interested, that kept you going. Uh, if probably, perhaps uh, you had a sense of let me continue understanding this, so I can refute it later okay but you couldn't quite refute it but you still couldn't quite understand it and then you read more and you heard more teachings and it started to make some sense to you and at one moment when you, you say ah I think I understand it now and it made some sense to you and you go back again try to get to that sense it seemed like that sense was never there you really never understood it and you find yourself even more perplexed than the first time you heard it and you think that there's no way I'm ever, ever going to understand this, I'm stupid, if, if you have that, that, that frame of mind, or if you have the, the other frame of mind, this is absolute nonsense, I don't know why I even bothered wasted all these years trying to understand it. But still, you're going. And you kept going, kept going, kept going, and eventually, 
you start to uh, have another sense of an idea of what they are talking about and it seems to completely smash whatever understanding you thought you had before but it builds up and builds up on it a little bit then eventually you, you, you wasted a lot of time trying to understand it in the sense of in, in trying to understand it you went to all these different avenues and you somehow lost track of why you're reading all those, uh, these books in the first place and you go back again to that initial spark mm -hmm. because you were not looking for some uh, solve some philosophical uh, uh, quandary you weren't trying to uh, help Plato and Socrates you know, uh, 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 know, uh, come to some understanding or trying to get them to some common ground it was something practical, palpable, dealing with your life as it is. Solution to actual problems that you're experiencing in your life. And you there's a point where you understand how it's not just a problem with relationships, it's not just a problem with your environment, it's not just a problem with, uh, with your body, with your mind. It's, it's a pervasive problem. And this thing is not just something decorate books. It's something that's supposed to deal with those things that you're dealing with your life. And you continue. And you bring back that initial uh, open, open mind, open inquiry, deep interest into the true nature of reality. And it's not just something that will make you famous because somehow you're able to talk about it to others, re real problems that you're experiencing. That brings you to a place that you really want to get to. And perhaps as you continue, you perhaps may have your initial understanding of it, or your initial direct understanding of it, then you become a completely different being. And if you're on the Mahayana path, you continue, you continue, you continue, you continue. But there's a point that you reach, even though you seem to be exactly like the Buddha, as far as other people are, are concerned, but you know you are far, far away from being the Buddha. So what is what do you need to get you over to get you to that to that uh, finally to that, that place that you want, really want to get to? It's a point now you start to uh, along the way along the along the way it seems like this wisdom is very practical this wisdom is very logical this one is very systematic and you and you seem to be correct to think that way and you, and you continue along that way. But to get to that point where you really want to get to, it seems like you have to get let go of reason. You have to go, you have to sort of go into pure mystery, because it seems to be what you're looking into is just pure mystery. And you try to let go, try to let go, try to let go of logic without being irrational. <laughs> Trying to let go of logic without being illogical. Okay, where somehow seems to make sense to be right in the middle of contradictions and not be disturbed by it where uh, you start to sort of have a, an appreciation of being and non-being and both and neither and they all make sense to you and they're all they're not con so along that way That, that thing, that phenomena that, uh, that happens to that bodhisattva that finally turns that bodhisattva into a Buddha is, you, you, could, uh, you could say, is a complete, a complete um, freeing of any sense of clinging to any sense of identity to whether identity about self or identity about the path, identity about the, the goal you're trying to uh, achieve, identity about the Buddha. It's like completely immerse, immersing yourself in what you might call the essence of humility. Completely immersing yourself in, in that. And what happens at that moment is... Sorry. <laughs> is a mystery. 
it's, it's an impossibility happens. What you've been hearing can never happen. It's impossible to happen. That's what happens. The Buddhas actually give you their enlightenment. Sorry to say. And the only way for the Buddhas to give you, to empty their enlightenment into you, you have completely erase all clinging. And that's why from the Theravadan and I'm not saying I, I'm trying not to say Hinayana anymore from the Theravadan path and then philosophically speaking Hinayana because I, I have to tell you no more Hinayanas on the planet. If there are any they are very rare. They're living in some cave somewhere that no, where, where nobody to bother nobody, where nowhere they cannot be bothered. There are no truth philosophically philosophical Hinayanas on the planet anymore. Theravadins are not Hinayanas. Okay. So, so it doesn't matter what, what form of Buddhism you're, you're following. You, uh, you always see an importance with this phenomena, I have to say, not this person, this phenomena that they're calling the Guru, the Lama, the teacher. Okay. And, you, and from the very beginning you're asked, establish a, 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 a strong link, a strong connection. When, even right now, if you, want, uh, if you haven't experienced it yet, when you're struggling with something, struggling with a, a, a problem, seeking a solution, you struggle, you struggle, you struggle to the point where you're all about to become crazy. And, and the, the point where you completely humble yourself. And you humble yourself before, then a spark happens. You get, you get a, a, a solution. And it sounds like something I would never be saying before, but here I am saying it. Okay. Enlightenment is a transmission. You work to get that transmission. You work hard to get that transmission itself. The actual transformation is a transmission. That's why we are given the image what was the image when the Bodhisattva is about to become a Buddha? All the Buddhas assemble around him and then they crown him. They crown her. Well, they crown that being. We can't call it him or her anymore. They crown him. They give him or her and that's the moment when they become a fully enlightened Buddha. Okay? All that little is a background for what I'm about to read. <laughs> I only did it within a more than five minutes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, if you want to, you can get that book, The Great That Conquers Clinging to the Notion of Reality by Sitchin Rapchen. Mm -hmm. He's not, wasn't Gilupa. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Experiencing the great perfection requires, the great perfection is what they call, uh, uh, it's, it's the Nangalupa word for <laughs> uh, enlightenment, I guess, but not quite. <laughs> requires more than mere cultivation of intellectual understanding. Remember, it didn't say it requires that you do ha not have any intellectual uh, uh, cultivation. That and more than that. Okay? Only to the point where you bring your intellect to the point where it, it cannot do anything, where you've exhausted it, can you go beyond it. If you haven't ex ex exercised it, then you cannot go beyond it. Okay? So it requires more than the mere cultivation of intellectual understanding or the study of many texts and books. And deep confidence and an authentic spiritual teacher are necessary for this realization. Transmission of the understanding of the nature of mind can take place when an authentic, realized teacher and a disciple who sees the teacher as the Buddha himself come together in the right circumstances. You must come together. You must go, be, you must go through the path of cultivating your intellect, go beyond it, Meet a teacher that you have established a deep connection with, where you are convinced 
through that teacher you're connected to uh, enlightened to uh, to uh, fully realized Buddha and not only that and of course they're not going to tell you what the right circumstances are but you know it's collecting merit da, 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 da. <laughs> direct transmission between guru and disciple does not necessarily need elaborate words and detailed instructions remember I told you the term highest teaching I think that's supposed to take you to enlightenment the fastest right and I told you that's a very relative thing anything can be the highest teaching okay here's the this is the story I, I was trying to relate there are examples of this in the life stories of the great masters for example Patru Rinpoche and his longtime close disciple Nyushu Longpa lying in the meadow above Dzogchen Monastery in eastern Tibet one night Patulim asked Lung Tok, do you know the nature of mind? The disciple replied, not really. Then Patulim said, do you see the stars shining above the sky? <laughs> yes, Lung Tok answered. Can you hear the dogs barking down near Dzogchen Monastery? Then the teacher asked, how is the nature of your mind now? At that moment, Lung Tok understood the absolute nature of mind a pure connection between teacher and disciple can allow this to happen so try to generate perfect devotion so those phrases, those two questions were the highest teaching I mean through what happened we can realize so you want the highest teaching? I just read it again <laughs> so let me ask you a question how is the nature of your mind? <laughs> I guess this wasn't for you the highest teaching. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Therefore, hold on to the vital force of devotion that sees the Guru as Dhammakaya. And this is the thing that... Uh, <laughs> Gilukpa is uncomfortable with. Relax. Into the unbroken, pristine simplicity and you will realize the essential <coughs> okay what does that mean? <laughs> from the relative perspective the guru appears in human form and shows the path develop unchanging unchanging faith in your teacher and then merge your mind with his or with hers by remaining in that state and maintaining the natural flow of awareness perfect simplicity without any fabrication you will realize the true nature of mind your mind will become one with your teachers at that point you will see him as the Dhammakaya the state of great evenness you will see the teacher as being none other than the nature of your mind that's it from that for that so I don't know how many of you have been trying to get to this thing. What is this emptiness you're talking about? Sometimes you think you understand it, sometimes you think it's absolute nonsense. But you, here you are still trying. And you've, you've probably reached the very high state of realization called frustration. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> only real disciples can reach the state called frustration. Okay? So when you reach the state called frustration, that means you're a good disciple. You've been working, and you worked hard to get to that state called frustration. And behind that frustration, when you keep pushing, there's a gift for you. So let that frustration help you release, become you humble, and try to see that your teacher ahead is the realization that you're seeking 
and stay with that conviction and let it merge with your mind and just don't fabricate anything, don't make up all oh, now I'm supposed to feel bliss, now I'm supposed to feel my mind expand to the space. Don't make any fabrication, just whatever happened, let it happen. Okay. Alright, that's what we're gonna do. I have to read it because I'm a Gilipa. <coughs> uh, I can't quite for some reason I can't quite remember that those words. Relax. <laughs> into unbroken pristine simplicity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you to take a snapshot. So bring it up. The way your body felt, recall it vividly. The way your breath felt, recall it vividly. The way your mind felt, recall it vividly. And let the very vividness of your recollection infuse your present state. you have the slightest taste of that, try to stabilize it by bringing your attention to your heart center and observing five cycles of breath. to that presence being to be the very realization you seek. And beg and plead seeing how this realization is pertinent to your life. Abstract. But very practical. Very pertinent.
certain point you collapse from frustration and that expression sense of surrender it seeds above your head descending through the crown of your head See it entering your heart center. And becoming one with your mind. And see all deep. Dissolve. states of mind that you can recall, they all dissolve
to within that state. From that state, again let your heart embrace all beings. Deeply wishing that they be free of all their problems. Deeply wishing that they find true happiness. Dedicate the merits of tonight to the achievement of your ultimate goal. attention back to the breath and through the awareness of the breath become aware of the body your head include more and more of your body until you're aware of your whole body from head to toe Oh yeah, I think there was a little bit too much relaxation. <laughs> <laughs> Do we meet next Friday? We don't meet next Friday, right? Yeah. We don't meet next Friday. We meet the following Friday. Okay, so in the meantime, relax. So just so that the nature of the mind is just a fifty around us. I didn't see that. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just relax. <laughs> <laughs>